Yeah, it was incredible. We, we uh, started the allotment up at Blue Peter and uh, started growing our own food up there. So it was, real, it was a real quick progress from being uh, gardeners to just starting off as a grow your own gardener hmm. to ending up on Blue Peter and end up on TV. That was Lee Connolly who joins us on the podcast today. And Lee, a.k.a. the Skinny Jean Gardener, has his own podcast as well, a family-orientated gardening podcast where his daughter often will join him on the podcast. We talk about that. We talk about how he got into gardening and and everything in between, really. He's a really, really passionate gardener. He's a, a good old Essex boy, um, so he, and he actually lives uh, around about 30 miles away from where I am. Um, so, yeah, really nice to chat to him. Um, he's gives some really, really good insights um, when you're getting into gardening, what to do um, and how to how to garden if you're gardening with your kids as well, which is something I think is really, really interesting. I've always thought it's important to get the next generation involved. I certainly try and get my, my kids to do a bit of gardening uh, as much as I possibly can um, and they love going out on the nursery um, and pricking out plants and doing seeds and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's a really, really great chat. Um, so without further ado, let's start the podcast. Hi, you're listening to Plants and Me, the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them, with your host, Alan Lodge. Welcome to the podcast, Lee. Hello, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Wow, I'm excited to be here. It's cool, isn't it? What's the weather like over your way? Do you know what? Everyone's moaning about rain, but I've got like sort of sunshine at the moment, so it's quite, uh, I feel quite lucky. Uh, well, I had um, rain coming down around about half an hour ago, but it's a lot better now. Yeah, we'll get through it, mate. We'll get through it. Definitely, definitely. So tell us about you and how you got into gardening. Yeah, well, it's sort of, I, I come to gardening really late in my life, actually. I say late, I was 26, but. Um, it was never something that I used to do at school, so or even when I, as a younger child, or even with my dad, I never used to garden. And I used to, uh, I turned to uh, be an electrician as a job, and then uh, I found myself with an allotment with my brother, and uh, we started growing our own food, and that's where it started. The interest started, started really. Uh, the reason we started an allotment together is because I, I moved out of our family home. And we missed each other. We didn't miss each other much more. As soon as we got on the lot, we wanted to kill each other. But, <laughs> um, but we had no idea about growing your own. It was it was something that we just had no no knowledge at all about. So uh, we thought that potatoes grew above ground. We had carrots, obviously. We had no <laughs> idea to grow it. Like literally nothing. So we took to social media anyway, uh, and asked our friends how to grow stuff. And we started a little bit of a a thing there. And um, and we got spotted by uh, Jimmy Doherty. Right, yeah. Jimmy's farm, just up the road from us. We were called Skinny Jean Gardeners then. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, oh, well, come up, and I've got a little bit of land, and you can uh, grow some food on it if you want. And we were like all star starstruck. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Jimmy wants us to come and grow some food with us. And we still didn't have a clue even how to grow food. But if Jimmy asked you to come and do it, then we'll go and do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, off we went, and this little patch of land was a massive cow paddock. Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous size, and we had no idea how we were going to do it. So we got stuck in. We took a couple of weeks off work and um, basically ended up spending most of the year weeding. 
which was not a lot of fun. No, quite. And uh, and but after that, we started to uh, start growing our own food down there. And it was quite handy, actually, because all the visitors to the farm were quite helpful. We used to get a lot of advice from them, uh, which was nice. And then from Jimmy, and then we started working with Jamie quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We started getting like the media sort of work coming, which was quite nice. We did quite a few bits with Jamie Oliver, which was good. And uh, and then Blue Peter came along, which is like the whole dream to be on Blue Peter was like incredible. So have you got a Blue Peter badge? I have, mate. And do you know what? The one thing I'm angry about is it doesn't get you an Alton Towers for free. Not when really? You're, not when you're 26, I don't think so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it was incredible. We, t- we uh, started the allotment up at Blue Peter and uh, started growing our own food up there. So it was, real, it was a real quick progress from being uh, gardeners to just starting off as a grow-your-own-gardener hmm. to ending up on Blue Peter and end up on TV. Um, but yeah, that's where my passion from like getting kids into gardens started, really. So when you first started, you said you it took some time off work. What were you actually doing at that time? I, I was an electrician at the time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you self-employed? I wasn't, no. I was working on a caravan park. All right. Electrics. Not a lot. I mean, great great job, but it just wasn't for me. Like, I, it was something that I left school, had to try and get a trade, and that was, that was a thing. But mm. it, I didn't have a passion for it. There's no passion there. And certainly looking at your social media and what you're doing now, and obviously the Blue Peter lent towards it, did you always have a bit of a passion for children gardening or did that come later? No, nah, I sort of fell into that. I mean, the Blue Peter thing was uh, like a dream to be on Blue Peter. And obviously, as soon as you're on that, everyone expects you to be a kid's gardener. And, mm. and that's the sort of thing we fell into. But it really came into like its own when I had my daughter about three and a half years ago. So we, we were gardening for about three years and then three and a half years ago, I had my daughter and then my real kids garden and passion started because I mm. wanted to get her into garden. That's what it's all about. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I believe that you were at Hampton court maybe two, three years ago. I don't think we crossed paths, but I certainly remember seeing signs. Yeah, I was. Uh, I do uh, workshops here and there with the kids, which is good, especially with the RHS stuff. It's good to get the kids involved because you know sometimes, sometimes these shows can be a bit boring for kids, can't they? I mean, mm-hmm. it's nice for them to see like these gardens and all this sort of thing, but if there's nothing there for them, it don't get them excited. So uh, that's the sort of thing I try and bring to it. All, all the garden shows, I try and bring a little bit of fun to proceedings and give ideas. It's also the parents love it. The parents love the fun side of it too and get ideas from it so that's quite nice yeah definitely and when you're growing and doing gardening for tv is it much different to what people are doing in their back garden it's so different tv tv world is a a whole nother thing it's basically it's very it's very hard to um show gardening on tv the way it's done as you usually do it because you know, gardens are a slow process. Mm. TV's not. People want to see instant results on that sort of thing. So it's, it's a difficult thing to to get across on TV. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I noticed you do you've done things in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so this is the this is the crazy ride that I'm on at the moment. But uh, we were on Blue Peter for a bit. So yeah, continuing from the Blue Peter part when we were on Blue Peter. 
we got asked to do a garden, our first show garden in uh, Japan. It's so weird. <laughs> but you say you did a show garden in Japan, Japan, everyone expects you to know everything about Japanese gardens, but we didn't actually do a Japanese garden in Japan. It was sort of like the whole world came together and put... Mm. Um, and put their own spin on on different areas. So we did like the the Great British Garden. So we had a like a beach garden. We had a little grow your own area. We had a typical English garden, and then uh, what was the other area we had? I think we might have like a little kids area. And I'm not really sure. I can't remember. It was a good few years ago now. But yeah, that was our mm-hmm. first experience in in show garden, and um, it was exciting. It was a, it was a good experience, but it wasn't like proper. I've I've just come off the back of doing uh, show garden in London. Uh, and that was a totally different experience to the one in Japan because the one in Japan, we were only there for like a week at the end. So there was a team over there that just sent us pictures of what they were doing each day. And then when we flew over there, they wouldn't let us touch any of the plants. We just had the point where we wanted them. So it was such a bizarre experience because you expect to get your hands dirty, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it must be very odd. Yeah, it's strange. But now I've just done, like I said, I've just done one and that was definitely hands-on. So uh, I'm not sure which one which way I'd rather do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Excellent. So your day-to-day work, what are you doing now? Yeah, so my main thing that I do is, is now is podcasting, um, like, like you could self. Uh, mm. I, love, I love the media of podcasts. I think it's, it's literally, I've, I've seen it grow and grow since I started. I started about two years ago now. And um I've seen more and more gardening, which is great, more and more gardening podcasts pop up, which is fantastic to get the message out there. I think it's a really good media to do that. And um, so that is the main thing I do. Uh, I also do a lot of work with brands, which is nice, uh, doing video work with them. I still dip my toe in TV now and again when they want you, you know. Hmm. They uh, they entice you in and then they spit you out afterwards. But it's always, <laughs> it's always uh, nice to be asked. Uh, but yeah, that's the main thing. Podcasting, I love, I love it. I love meeting people. I've met so many great people from it. So, um... excellent. So, people at home, um, and especially people with children and things like that, have you got any particular tips when it comes to gardening with children? Do you know what it is? It's the biggest thing for me is to just get out there and get messy. Because mm-hmm. I think we've we it's starting to come back round, but we did get into a bit of a thing where it's easier for kids, and it still is. I mean, I've got my daughter and. It, even I find it, but I just don't want to fall into that trap. It's easier to let them play on the Kindle or the iPad or whatever like that than it is to get real messy outside and then have to like wash clothes and stuff. It sounds boring, doesn't it? But <laughs> they're just the way of the world now. Yeah. Uh, but it just getting their hands messy and get their, just get out there, really. Like um, what I've just done, I've just like made a mud kitchen for Olive, for my daughter just to get our hands in in the soil and we're like growing your own grow your own such a big thing as well so getting Mm. your hands messy growing your own if they can see the smallest of seeds turn into like an actual plant which they can like pick a tomato from and eat it then that blows their mind still blows my mind to be honest with you but it blows their mind as well and it gets them really excited about gardening yeah, definitely. And I think actually you you went in with the edible side of gardening. I think that's quite a good way to go with children as well. You you end up with a product at the end. Yeah. They need they need to know they one they need to uh, like what they're going to be growing because when like the same as me is when I first started gardening I grew loads and loads of onions. I hate onions. 
Well, I really hate them. I don't know why I grew them. <laughs> so if they're growing something they're going to actually eat at the end, then they get excited about it. And then if they can see what they're going to do with it as well, then they're going to be more likely to like really take responsibility for that plant and really look after it and care for it because they know what that end result is going to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, we grow a lot of herbs and a lot of chilies. And my daughter's she's a bit older than yours. She's eight, um, and she goes out and picks chilies and stuff like that. And it's one of the favourite things she does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last year I don't. I thought that I had an issue with my strawberry plants, but actually, Olive was just eating them all. <laughs> <laughs> I never got a chance to see any. Excellent. Um, and what have you got coming up with regards to gardening? Um, in my own garden or just in my it's, it's a really tough one actually like so this this weekend coming up i'm doing some work with the rhs i'm doing some presenting for them mm-hmm. uh which makes my own garden like they always say never look at a gardener's garden <laughs> because if Alan, if you come around to see my garden right now you'd be like what is going on it's- you want to come to mine then <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying you know <laughs> don't you? Uh, and I'm, I'm 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 always so indecisive as well in my garden so it gets a redesign like every of a month so um i'm a nightmare for that uh but yeah so in between like the presenting work when i do get home uh i, I get out there and just and just get amongst it and have a good old old, old change around but it does it is hard for like grow your own because uh i'm doing a bit of a competition with my friend at the moment who can grow the most veg he started mm-hmm. he's doing fantastic and i've still not even sown my seeds yet i'm i'm so behind <laughs> it's a nightmare but uh, and also, if I leave my seeds growing, if I leave my seedlings growing, and the wife don't water them, I'm back to square one again. So I can be away for like a couple of weeks, and then come back, and I'm, I've got dust. Last year, I had amazing tomato plants. I left them mm. for a couple of weeks. Thought the wife was going to look after them. They 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 were gone. They were literally dust by the end. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point, actually, um, because. Uh, I can be the same in my own garden or or something like that. So for people that are away, loads of people are travelling or maybe have a, a very, very busy week and only get to garden at the weekend. Have you got any tips for those people? Um, for, well, yeah, get a timer that actually waters your, your plants for you. That's the biggest thing. Hmm. Uh, do, do you know what I've actually just started really getting into is uh, I don't I don't like I do like technology, and sometimes it can take over. It's going to take over the world, obviously, but that's another whole another podcast. Yeah. But I think like robotics are really helping at the moment. I've just got myself a robotic lawnmower, and that's right. like helping me right out. Like it just cuts the lawn for me. It sounds like a small thing, but when you get so little time, as like for me as a gardener, you get so little time actually in the garden. You want to be like concentrating on the big things. It's like mm-hmm. if the if I don't have to cut the lawn, then that's one thing out of my way. And I think that's a big thing that's going to come in the future that's going to help us out so we can look after our or enjoy our gardens more. Yeah, definitely. And there's some great timers for watering out there and things like that. Um, and we've set a, a, um, an alarm on Alexa uh, oh. just to remind us, and particularly when I'm away, for things to be watered. Exactly. I'm sure there might even be stuff now. Do you know if there's like things where you can literally... From like, say you're on holiday somewhere, you can mm. press a button and water your garden. I'm sure I've seen that about. It's possible, actually. I would have thought someone could make something. If it's not Even about, it yeah, it exist. will be. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. And stuff like that, I think, is always a benefit for a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people are quite worried about gardening. It's, it seems like a, a big fear 
um, amongst people. I did last year. I did a few uh, workshops, and people came to ask me questions about how to design their garden and what they need to do. And I think sometimes people overthink it and, it, and make it more complicated than it actually needs to be. And people get swamped by all the Latin. I'm not a big fan of Latin names, Alan. Even though I try, I try and <laughs> learn as much as I can, but. I'm not a big fan of them for people that start off in gardening because it scares people. And a lot of people still ask me, like, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they were spilling off these Latin words for plants. And I I sat there nodding and at the end I was like, you just spoke total French to me. (laughs) But for people that are just getting into gardening, that can be a scary thing. That was definitely a scary thing for me when I first started. That could have have put me off. but anything that can make gardening easier for people and make things a lot simpler. Like I always say, like when I'm talking about growing your own, I say don't worry about if you're going to go and buy the plants. Don't, you don't have to grow from seed. It is a lot more fun to grow from seed. But you don't have to. If you're just starting off, then go and buy the plant. That's absolutely fine. There's no problem with that. Um, anything to get people started and make it easier. But that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, definitely. We stumbled. Um, I've always been interested in edibles because um, I, I think if I wasn't going to be a gardener, I would have been a chef, oh, yeah. um, which is often the case for lots of people I spoke to. Funnily enough, um, but I've always been interested in edibles, and we got into chilies in quite a big way. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing with those um, is that it actually attracts quite a lot of male gardeners in their early twenties, which is quite rare. Yeah. I mean, I'm always a big fan of chilies. When I first started, chilies was a big thing for me. Like, I used to love them. I'm not so good at eating them anymore, but uh, <laughs> but I, I was a big fan of growing them. They were just, it's a bit, it feels like a manly thing, doesn't it, to, mm. to grow chilies? Like, I'm a geezer, I grow chilies, yeah. Makes gardening cool, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. But it's quite interesting how many, especially the RHS shows, you don't normally get early 20 year old guys at RHS shows but often their parents are there and it's surprising how many times they will buy chilies for their son yeah true do you know do you know what Alan you know when uh, the RHS shows are going to be cool is when I see a stag do at an RHS show <laughs> that's when you know right gardening has got down to the young people yeah <laughs> that's the think, first, first time I've said, first time I've said that <laughs> Do you think that would happen at an RHS show? Um, well, maybe if any of my mates listen to this, then uh, they probably won't make me best man anymore after hearing that probably, will they? But you never know, do you? You never know. No, this is true. It's um, And actually, they're really nice places to visit. But it is an interesting thing. You, you kind of mentioned it with the Latin. I think it can feel very elitist. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... I'll be careful what I say because obviously I'm doing presenting for IHS next week. But, yeah. but uh, I think you're right. It, the RH, RHS as a whole can become can come across as uh, quite a, like you say, an elitist hmm. group of people, which uh, you've got to sort of do jumps and flips to get into the gang. And uh, you go to the you go to the shows, and I I just go there in just a hoodie and a t-shirt, and sometimes I feel really underdressed. But you know, it should be it should be more welcoming to just new gardeners, and you know, why shouldn't? I mean, there's definitely facilities there for the lads, 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 lads to go to go to a garden show, and why shouldn't it be? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So 
Uh, it's a tough one. It's a hard one to really go into because you could talk about it for ages, what the RHS could do to, to entice these people in and do more. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't want to dig myself to it. No, <laughs> in my hole. <laughs> so taking it away from the RHS and gardening in general, um, I know the area you're in. I know garden centres around you because mm-hmm. uh, we're not a million miles away. I'm, I'm down towards South End. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think a garden centre can do to bring in new people? Yeah, this is a big thing we've had on my podcast, actually, recently. We've been talking about this a lot. And um, garden centres, at the moment, I feel, is um, they're keeping hold of their their older generation. They're doing what they can. We did a little investigation recently into a garden centre, mm-hmm. had a little walk around to see what they were selling, and a lot of it was for an older generation and I know that there is some great ones I can't really lay into them too much because there's some good ones around me that I'm I'm quite friendly with there's some great ones around you yeah and but then out outside of that there's some pretty bad ones as well which are not very inspiring and I think they're bringing down the good ones which is a a real shame um but there's definitely more they can do there's I think more events they can do more the, the, there is some that do some great stuff for kids. Some of them, are like for, this is, I'll give you an example, Alan. Shall I? That my um, daughter last year had a birthday party at a garden centre, mm-hmm. and the only gardening thing they had a little play area, which was lovely for them. The only gardening thing they did was that the chicken nuggets were in uh, terracotta pots. Right. That was the only gardening thing that was involved in that party at a garden centre. And it totally blew my mind. I was like, why didn't they like sow some seeds or something? Or why didn't they... I think they mm. ended up paint, um, painting... I wasn't there, unfortunately. Every time it's my daughter's birthday, I'm in Birmingham for Gardeners World, but right. which is a bad, bad dad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, why didn't they sow some seeds? I think they did some cupcakes they just painted some cupcakes. And I was like, why can't they do more to entice them kids in? And if they get the kids in, then the parents are going to be there to like go and buy some plants. I think they sometimes they're coming away a little bit from the whole plant sales side of things. It's more mm. like, it's like a lot of big Debenhams, some of them. Yeah. And I think that's a shame. It needs, I, I do understand it. I understand why garden centers do it. Everyone's got to survive. Everyone's got to make money somewhere. And for a garden centre to go totally plants and totally gardening is a brave, brave thing to do. Um, mm. So it's a real tough one because also I'm not in that business. That's not my my side of things. So I'm looking at it as a consumer uh, and a customer side of things, um, what I'd like. But I, I do understand why they, they have to go into these areas. But just, just as like an example, one of them we went into... So they look clothing-wise, for example. Mm. Clothing that they sell in there is not going to be for young people. No, definitely not. And that sort of that sort of says it all, really. If they're saying they want to get young people in, then maybe sell some clothes. If you, want, if you have to sell clothes, if that's what you're going to have to do, then maybe sell clothes for younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a hard, like I say, as a customer, you know, it's easy for me to say it, but as a as a someone that runs and owns a garden centre, it's a lot tougher. Yeah, it's definitely very tough. And I used to be in that industry. 
um, we decided to purely go online as a business other than RHS shows and, and some of the other flower shows and things like that. But it's, it was very, very tough. And we were caught in the middle of where lots of garden centres are, where your our site wasn't big enough to be a big garden centre, wasn't too small, so it wasn't a very niche small garden centre, and we were caught in this problem. We did very well, but decided actually the internet was for us. Well, this is a dangerous thing. I've, I've, I think I've gone down on record saying in 10 years' time, I don't believe there's going to be any garden centres left. And someone said, you, you can't say that because such and such and such and such. And I was like, well, actually, you're probably right. There isn't really any proper garden centres left anymore because they're, they're turning to other other things. They're not proper garden centres anymore. And But I also honestly think like online is the future and I don't want to see the end of garden centres. Um, I'd love garden centres to continue. But the internet is such a powerful, and you obviously know, such a powerful thing for people to buy plants and... If I want, if like as it is right now, if I want something tomorrow, I can order it online. It'll be here on my front door. I don't have to worry about it. Mm. I don't have to go out. I think my nearest garden centre is about 20, 30 minutes away. I don't have to go away from my house. I can carry on gardening and tomorrow it will be delivered. And I'm I'm 31 now. We've got we've got the younger generation coming up which want want stuff instantly. They expect it instantly. Whether that be right or wrong, we're, we're bringing up kids that are going to want stuff instantly and they're going to get it instantly. So what can the garden centre do to keep keep their finger in it? Yeah, exactly. And actually, we think of garden centres, especially when you're in the industry, you think of a garden centre being separate to other retail, but it is just retail. So it will be affected in the same way all retail is, I think. Oh, definitely, 100%, yeah. So what? Um, the, that's the that's the thing. Like, also the question: What's making them stand out from every, everyone else? Hmm. If they're be- becoming a, a centre of education, if they're bringing in kids, if they're bringing in schools even to come along and and learn, if they're providing that, if they're providing event spaces uh, that hmm. then people can go and buy plants afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Like if they, I understand that they've got a, they've got to do. They, they've basically got to do more to bring in that younger audience. I think. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of keen gardeners out there who want their children or their grandchildren to be involved. So the market's there. Oh, definitely. But the, the, the question is, is if those uh, gardeners right now start buying online, then their children are going to do exactly the same. Hmm. It's a bit like the reason I go to one of my local gardens is because my nan used to go there. She actually used to live near it. My mum used to go there. And so I go there as well. But only because you know I I know them and I like them. But if I didn't go there, like my friend, he just goes to like one of the big sheds and just mm. goes and buys some random plants. He doesn't really know what he's buying, but he goes and buys them anyway. His his should be, but that's a whole other story. But has he not got your text message? No, well, he's, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Um, but what's his child going to do? Because he's got no connection. There's no real family connection between him and shed so as soon as he sees something online he'll just go and buy it online when he's older so it's, it's so yeah the garden center's got to do a lot more i think to get people in mm. yeah definitely so taking it back to people who are going to buy plants and things like that if you've got a small plot which lots of people have and can't even 
and sometimes class it as a garden, a little patio area or something like that, and you wanted to do a pot or a little raised planter, have you got a top tip? What what would you actually go for? One thing you might plant? Oh, what, one plant out of... Ooh, or one group, maybe. <sighs> Crikey. Well, what, sticking to grow your own though, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I always say if you're going to start growing your own, then just pick five plants that you you like to eat i mean i don't i can't tell you what to what to grow because you need to like actually know what you want to do with it if i tell you to go and grow chilies and you hate chilies then you're not going to care about them <laughs> same with kids they don't really care about yeah. them at the end of it so you but just pick five i always say pick five things to start growing and then next year build up on it because when i first started it's one of them things I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a gardener. I'm going to grow everything. Let's go for it. And then 90% of it failed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And especially in a time where time is such a, a big thing now for us. So no one's got any time. So succeed with five and move on. That's what I say with Grow Your Own. Yeah, definitely. And that actually brings us to a few regular questions we always ask people. Um, and I'll start with the one we normally end with because uh, you mentioned it there. Uh, you've obviously had lots of successes in growing and obviously the presenting and things like that. Have you got any notable failures you can remember? What, in, what, in business or in gardening? In, <laughs> in the, the gardening. gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we ain't got time for the business failures. Uh, in gardening, my biggest failure was we got a load of uh, raspberry canes uh, given to us hmm. so we could plant up and we put them all in one big hole and they all died. <laughs> we okay. didn't know you had to spread them out <laughs> that is my biggest gardening failure uh, there's, ma- there's many more but mm. again we ain't got time for the, all the failure I don't think there's anything no. wrong with failure either and I think I'd agree um, it's a good thing to do you've got to go through failure to realise that you know you can't grow that <laughs> yeah exactly and some it's very interesting some people can grow something and another person can't, and they can even be next door neighbours. And sometimes you just can't get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love growing wildflowers, and I've got a friend who li- literally lives a couple of doors down, can't grow wildflowers. I said, like, "How can you not? They're easy. Just chuck a load of seed down, you sorted. They can't get anything from it. So it's just one of them things that they, you know, I don't know, how, mm. I don't know what they're doing wrong. I hope they've got wildflower seeds. I should check. <laughs> Sand. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if we were talking, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago, um, and believe it or not, one of the most questions, uh, one of the most common questions we get asked at shows is, why does my mink keep on dying? Really? Hmm. Yeah. And actually, when we've gone back and thought about it, it's our biggest selling plant by a long, long way. And in theory, we've been gardening now for, well, our nursery has been going for nearly 70 years and we've grown mint all that time. People must be losing it or we wouldn't keep on selling it. Well, that's a good point, yeah. Don't tell them the answer, Alan. Don't tell them the answer. We can't figure out what it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's an odd one, that, isn't it? So I I get Mm. on really well with mint. Yeah, there's some very niche varieties that can be really tricky. Corsican mint, which isn't particularly nice mint, but it is a mint. Uh, that's quite hard to grow. But we're talking garden mint, apple mint, those sort of mints that people lose year after year. Well, yeah. well as long as they keep buying, Alan, that's all that matters, right? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you first 
started and got into it, uh, obviously you came in a different route to what some people do. Was there a particular book or a person that really inspired you? Cool. That's a real um, tough one um, because the answer is I don't, I've never read. I've, I've been given many gardening books, but I've never really properly read one, uh, which is probably bad. I looked at a lot of my information off the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, when we first started, a lot of it was just from social media and word of mouth. Uh, what was the other question? Was there a hero? Uh, hero? Or per, yeah, a person who inspired you or something like that. Hmm. There wasn't. Do you know, there wasn't an actual person, but one person that, that he didn't inspire me because it would give him a big head. But one person that did help us out was uh, Michael Perry. He was a big help. Oh, right, yeah. Started when, when we first started gardening. Uh he he was quite helpful, yeah. So it was good to have him on board. But, yeah, uh, he's a uh, he's massive on social media at the moment, isn't he? Really is, yeah. He's all over the place. I've, did you know what? We might actually, I'll tell you. I have got someone that inspires me most, and so this is the person that I want to be when I'm older. Okay, mm-hmm. absolute geezer and a legend, Jim Buttress. Right. The guy is. Do you know Jim? I don't know him personally. No. Uh, he was on Big Allotment Challenge, and he's also a a judge he goes around but he's such a nice guy and uh he's got so much knowledge but he's just really easy with it it's just like yeah this is you know if you want any help then just let me know it's really nice guy excellent yeah it's nice when you come across people like that gardeners are generally nice isn't they i've met so many uh, nice people in the garden Mm. industry that was just so helpful that's what it's all about yeah definitely um, and the last regular question we ask people, um, it'd be interesting to see whether it's uh, uh, something that uh, that you get an answer to, actually. When you're walking around your garden, do you have a particular tool or a bit of equipment you always use? No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I thought that might be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of them people that if I see whatever's close to my I'll dig the ground with a hammer. I'll be honest with you, anything that's close by... I, actually, that's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> but this really, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it's, I've got so many. When we first started, we were given loads of different tools. And the only one I really use is a spade and a, and a, and a, a fork. That's really about it, really. Mm. But, like, cutting equipment, I'll use anything. doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, And also, I don't like to advise people to, to go out and buy loads and loads of tools to start with because you know it can be expensive to start with so very expensive some of them yeah exactly so i'm very much like keeping it cheap keeping it easy okay the hammer was a little bit an exaggeration <laughs> i can sense a, a social media post <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt but i probably have i probably have used the hammer once <laughs> <laughs> i like to see myself like on, on like a desert island it's not mm. in the potting shed then i'll find something I've definitely used a brick to put in a steak. Yeah, okay, everyone do. The brick's <laughs> another one. That's a very good one. We'll come up with a list. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and if people want to check your stuff out, uh, follow you, maybe uh, check out your podcast, how do they do that? Yeah, you can uh, just Google Skinny Jean Gardener. The Skinny Jean Gardener Experience is the, the podcast. I've called it an experience now because, you know, it's, it's an experience to listen yeah. to me for a bit. Um <laughs> But yeah, you can find me at the RHS shows. What shows are you going to be at this year, Alan? Uh, so we're at Cardiff um, this week. I'm going to see uh, you soon. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be there, but my dad will. Oh, well, I'll make sure I say hello. He'll love me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's a good Essex boy as well. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, uh, and then we're at Chelsea 
uh, Hampton Court, Gardener's World. Um, so, yeah, lots of them. How about yourself? Uh, I am at all of them at the moment. I'm at Cardiff. I'll be at Hampton, Chelsea. I'll be at the RHS ones. Gardener's World is always a good one. I enjoy that. Mm. Uh, and then I've got a few kids' festivals, like Camp Festival. I'm going to a big festival, which is nice. I like to try and get out of the garden bubble and spread the garden message around. Yeah. And interesting enough, I, I forgot to ask, actually, Skinny Jean Gardener, where's that come from? Well, six years I've been going, and I've never come up with a better story apart from a garden in skinny jeans. <laughs> that is about as good as that story gets. It, what happened was, I'll tell you, it's a secret, but don't tell anyone, will you? Um, <laughs> we were, when I first, when I started this little journey with my brother, he's, he's no longer skinny jean garden, he was chucked out in the end. We won't go into <laughs> that story. Uh, we were called Brothers with Land, and then we went for a casting for a TV programme. And some lady said to us, ha, both got skinny jeans on. You should be called Skinny Jean Gardeners. And we were like, we'll have that. And so <laughs> and it was, was it. Oh, I hope she don't listen to this because she'll want like royalties or something, wouldn't she? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's how it started. Interesting. Well, I suppose it's a good way of getting a name, isn't it? Yeah, but skinny, honestly, skinny jeans are a really good, I personally think they're good clothing to... To, um, to wear in the garden if anyone to listen that wants to sponsor me some skinny jeans and get involved <laughs> don't you want to isn't it hard to bend down nah it's good not in these they're stretchy mate right they're stretchy. I'll send you some <laughs> you've got your own clothing brand as well <laughs> yeah no doubt we'll get it done <laughs> yeah definitely uh, well thank you for joining us Lee it's been really really good to talk to you no thank you thanks for getting in contact um, yeah no problem at all and I'm sure we're going to bump into each other at some of the shows yes I'm excited to see you brilliant thank you lee cheers mate thanks bye thank you for joining us on the plants and me podcast we'll be back soon if you can't get enough of all things plant related pop over to plants-uk.co.uk and if you enjoy our podcast don't forget to subscribe and rate us 